Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. <clears throat> Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and energy and effort, so to speak. I will... Uh, Try and use it wisely. See if I can find something good for us to talk about. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, I'm incredibly grateful for that. I really do appreciate it. Y'all are the reason... You sharing things personally, sharing the podcast personally is the reason that other people listen to it far more than saying it online, socially, somewhere, or anything like that. That's when you all tell people about it. And it might be online that you tell people about it, but when you tell somebody that you know face-to-face or personally, one-on-one, that makes a big deal makes a great deal of difference. So thank you. Homestead. (laughs) I don't know if I told you all this yet, but we discovered where one of the new chicks was laying. Uh, And she, the hen, has been laying there every day pretty consistently. And it's in a little corner of a tool shed. And so each day now, the girls or my wife will go out and they'll check not only the coop, but then they have to go check the shed too and see, but it has increased our number of eggs, which is, which is encouraging. So father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, father and your son, Jesus Christ and your Holy spirit. Thank you for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness for sending your son, Jesus Christ to die for our sins. Thank you for the people that listen to the podcast and share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them, protect them. Keep them safe. Help us to seek you first. Your righteousness, your kingdom. To love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us. When we don't, Father. Guide us as a nation back to you. Help us to elect godly men who rule in fear of you. Help us to turn our institutions back to you. And be with those, Lord, in our military and our law enforcement. Be with them and their families. Keep them safe. Bring them home safe. And God, my words, Father, please, in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to get into an article out of the Epic Times. If you haven't taken this newspaper, I've recommended it a few times. Uh, 
got some great stuff in it. There I go with uh again. Every once in a while I catch myself doing that. I have to find one of y'all that keeps a ticker of how many times I say that, although I'm afraid I would be incredibly ashamed at the number. At any rate, Epic Times, this is from their paper that came out last week over Christmas. And it's a great paper, folks. If, if you read the paper, and if you don't, I might submit to you that it is a little bit better use of time than scrolling through your phone or binge-watching the latest Netflix episode. This is a little sidetrack. I don't think it's going to take that long. You know, we make all these excuses for things that we know we ought to be doing. I heard a, I can't remember the guy's name now. He's a Navy SEAL, I think, that has done well in the business world. Jocko, Will Kyle, something like that. I watch his little clips every so often. I remember one he was talking about, you know, you think, you think I want to get up every day and go work out? I don't. You think I want to get up every day and go practice martial arts? I don't. You think I want to get up and just go to work each day? He said, I don't. <laughs> he said, but I do it anyway, because I know it's the right thing to do. I, I know it's what I need to do. And so the first thing where that applies, folks, is is your faith. And some people are going to say, well, that means it's disingenuous. No, it doesn't. You're following Jesus Christ's example that he set out. Maybe even more importantly on the days when you don't feel like it is doing it anyway. The second thing, if you're married, is with your spouse. It's far more humbling and gratitude-inspiring when you love your spouse on the days where you really don't feel like it. When there's a dishwasher full of dishes and you've come home and you've worked all day as a husband, but you know your wife has busted her butt all day with the kids at home too, and you're tired and you're worn out and all you want to do is just collapse on the couch. But you go ahead and do the dishes anyway because you know that otherwise the first thing that she's going to wake up to is a sink full of dishes. Or when you're the wife and your husband comes home and the kids have been on you all day, touched you 573,000 times, and the last thing you want to do is have sex with your husband. But you know that that is a central part of his day and affects, it's not just a release, but affects his mental attitude for that day and the next day. And so you go ahead and literally do it, right? Maybe the next one for some of y'all is working out or training. 
and you wake up in the morning and your alarm goes off and it's 4.30 or 5 or 5.30 or whatever, and the last thing in the world you want to do is go run. And so this really shows what your priorities are, right? So like if you hate mornings and you get up early in the morning to go do something that obviously is a priority to you, regardless of what you say, like working out or you get up early to go watch a sporting event, right? Or you get up early to go hunting, right? Or you get up early to go play around a golf, but you hate mornings. But then your spouse, you know your spouse needs something each day. It doesn't matter which spouse, folks. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's baking a cake or doing dishes or having sex. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You know your spouse needs something, but you tell them, oh, I just, I can't get up. It's too early. And I, you know, I just hate, I hate mornings. I just can't do it. What do you think is going to happen? That, well, I tell you what's going to happen is your spouse is going to start to take their heart and wall it off from you. 100%. Now take that to uh, your children, right? Oh, I really want to spend time with you. I do. Uh, but I've got to sit here and scroll on my phone for about an hour first. And, oh, no, I'm just tired. i got to go to bed. I'm sorry. We'll do something tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, that's arrogant that you think you're going to get tomorrow. And B, your kids don't believe you. They don't believe you. And then the really scary one is, what do you think God thinks? When you say, man, I just, uh, you know what, God, I don't have time for you. But I'm going to sit here and watch three hours, four hours of these episodes. They're so good. Survivor, it's so good. Reacher, oh, best new show ever. Jack Ryan, whatever it is, folks. I, I don't even know enough shows to name them all off. Oh, God, I know it'd only take ten minutes to pray. It's just too much. I'm going to bed. You understand. You understand. <laughs> oh, all right. This is an article by Philip Carl Salzman. Does academic freedom protect genocidal anti-Semitism? I'm going to go ahead and lay this out for you, folks. Where was the last time in history that we really saw genocidal anti-Semitism that all of y'all, hopefully, although shockingly not from some of the videos that you see of college students, know about. Hmm? Ah, there it is. World War II. The Nazis. And it started with protests and harassment and ostracization I think I maybe got that of Jews from society. Where do we see that today? Oh, that's right. From the left. Because the left and the Nazis folks are not so very different. I'm going to read a few quotes out of this article. Uh, again, by Philip Carl Salzman. Students, professors, and administrators 
especially diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free of Jews, to recommend the destruction of the state of Israel and the annihilation of the Jewish people. Let me read the paragraph right before it. American and Canadian university campuses rang for weeks on end with celebrations of Hamas's great victory on October the 7th. The murder of civilians, the burning alive of families, the gang rape of women to death. They raped them to death, folks. The roasting of children in ovens. They put babies in ovens and turned it on. The beheading of babies. These are all touted by the American left as legitimate steps toward Palestinian liberation from, quote, occupation, apartheid, and genocide, end quote. Go back and listen to that a couple times, folks. Make sure you realize uh, what you're cheering for if you're cheering for that or what those people that you know in your life are cheering for if they're cheering for it. Just in case the message is too subtle, this is another quote from Salzman. Just in case the message is too subtle, it's clarified in standard comments such as, gas the Jews, and Hitler was right, and globalized the infatata. I didn't say that right. Intifada. There we go. An uprising that includes assassination, the bombing of buses, restaurants, and other soft civilian targets. Hence that the 21st century Holocaust won't stop with the extermination of Jews, but will go on to consume Christians, Hindus, and others who stand in the way of Islamic supremacy. Islam's not peaceful, folks. It's not tolerant. It has been this way since centuries ago. Our very first war in America, remember, was against Muslims who captured, enslaved our sailors, tortured them, sold them, killed them. When you go back and look at the history of World War II and the Nazis, you see that same relationship built between the Nazis and the Muslims as you see being built today between the left and the Muslims. And if you don't understand that or don't know that, just go back and do just even the tiniest bit of research. It doesn't take much. You can type in in any search engine uh, Nazi and Muslims relationship, something like that. So the point I'm trying to make here, folks, is we're seeing a repeat of things that we've seen before. This isn't anything new. The left is just a different version of the communists and Nazis of the 20th century. And don't make any mistake, folks. People tell you that, oh, the communists, they fought against the Nazis. Yeah, they did because they knew they both couldn't survive. They were both evil. Stalin knew that he couldn't survive with Hitler still alive, and Hitler knew he couldn't survive with Stalin still alive. They fought against each other, not because 
They both didn't want the same totalitarian, godless power over others. But because they knew each one wanted the same thing. Go back to this article again. University officials have been loath to discourage such exhibitions and even less inclined to punish violation of campus rules and negation of the spirit of DEI. The presidents of Harvard University, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania pleaded in their congressional hearings that it's their responsibility to protect academic freedom and that they must not discourage speech and other forms of expression such as vandalism, trespass, and intimidation, even when regarded as abhorrent by some. These university presidents claimed that calling for the genocide of Jews was protected constitutional speech under the First Amendment. That's true, <coughs> but private universities aren't obliged to respect the First Amendment which defines restrictions to government action, not to private organizations, which are free to establish their own rules. Furthermore, these university presidents were being disingenuous, given that their records of upholding free speech have been the worst in the United States, according to the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. Harvard ranked at the absolute bottom of the list of universities upholding free speech, number 248 out of 248 judged to be, quote, abysmal, end quote. The University of Pennsylvania ranked next worse, number 247, and MIT was a mediocre number 136. <laughs> if you haven't seen some of the clips from these presidents at their congressional hearing, it's, uh, man, it's, it's really pretty bad. One more. However, as anyone with at least a passing familiarity with contemporary universities knows, these institutions have entirely abandoned Enlightenment ideals, such as the search for truth. Almost every North American university has adopted a post-Enlightenment vision that replaces the search for truth with the advancement of, quote, social justice, end quote, defined as implementation of DEI. There's no inquiry into study of social justice. Rather, social justice, as well as DEI policies, is taken as the established answer to all questions of importance about social life and the purpose of the university. No criticism of the social justice mantras is allowed. So the left has kicked God out of universities, right? And let me just read you. A couple things real quick. Uh, University of Pennsylvania, if I can find it quickly. What was there? It was established, right, by Benjamin Franklin. But its original motto... Oh, I can't find it quickly. Was something along the lines of... Oh, there we go. Laws without morals, right, are useless in vain. And if you read in a little bit of University of Pennsylvania, 
Franklin didn't want to be associated with a particular denomination, uh, but he didn't shy away from Christianity at all. And then you look at Harvard, Harvard's original motto, right? I just had this. There it is. For Christ and the church. And then the founders of Harvard, one of the things that they believed was that all knowledge without Christ was vain. And we've gone through and read a number of these folks, and I'm running out of time. But the point is, when you take God out of education, you end up with godless education, and this is what you get. You get a repeat of history coming, right? Uh, there's nothing shocking about this. When you don't have Christ at the center of American education, you start to end up with students and professors and institutions that support things like genocide of Jews and what we saw in the 20th century. God bless y'all. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it, folks.